Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice? Or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Welcome to the Inside ETFs podcast. This is Mark Bruno, Managing Director of the Wealth Management Group at Informa. And this is a very special first episode of 2023 for the Inside ETFs podcast. Big year ahead, lots of different things going on in the markets, lots of challenges, lots of risks, but also a fair amount of opportunity. Uh, and we have an amazing guest here today. I'm thrilled to introduce Brett Orvieto, who's the Managing Director and Senior Wealth Advisor at Dakota Wealth Management. Brett, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. Looking forward to it. Now, we, we've had some of your colleagues on other podcasts that we've hosted here before, but never on the Inside ETFs podcast. So I'm super excited to get into a little bit more detail about you know, how Dakota sees the world, how you all see 2023 playing out across the globe and U.S. markets. But before we get into too much detail, Brett, I'd appreciate it. You wear a lot of different hats at Dakota. Um, and Dakota is you know, one of the fastest growing and also one of the most successful firms in the industry. So if you wouldn't mind, Brett, can you please just give us a brief overview of your role at Dakota and the multiple different things that you do across the firm? Sure. So like you mentioned, you know, so I'm a wealth advisor first and foremost, right? So my first you know, priority is always my clients. Uh, I run our Fort Lauderdale office here. We have four employees in Fort Lauderdale. Our headquarters is in Palm Beach Gardens, so just about an hour north of where I am. Uh, but I'm also on the investment team. Uh, I take that role very seriously. You know, we have a lot of great meetings, a lot of talented people. Uh, Tim Melly heads that up. Uh, and then Peter Romandi, our CEO, is also very involved on the investment side too. So you know, I, I do kind of investments, you know, at night or in the morning, client activity by day, but it really helps, I think, you know, be able to talk to clients and, you know, have a pulse on kind of what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm also involved in kind of helping out with some of our advisors. Um, we have a lot of transitions as well. Dakota has made a lot of acquisitions in recent years, so I try my best to kind of help advisors join the firm because I was kind of one of the first people who did join Dakota in 2018. So I've kind of seen, you know, where we started, where, where we're going kind of all the, the trials and tribulations along the way. So I try to help people out as, uh, as of joining the firm. Well, I appreciate you making time for us here, given all the different things that you're doing at Dakota and how active um, you've been, even just to start the year. Uh, we've seen some announcements coming out of uh, Dakota about some acquisitions. And I'm you know, having talked with Karina Diamond, one of your colleagues, uh, I know that there's a tremendous amount in store for 2023. So thank you. And with that, we can just jump right in. You know, Brett, I, I'd love to get a sense from you. Uh, we've talked to people, obviously, about you know, where there are you know many different risks that are in the marketplace. And I think you know, a lot of them are well-documented. Um, we talked about interest rates. We talked about inflation. Uh, we talked just about growth. Um, and, but I'd love to maybe start by asking you, Brett, where you see some opportunities in the markets. You know, we've seen the markets go sideways for the better part of the last 12 months or so. Um, but when you're looking at 2023, one, what's your outlook for equity markets in general? And two, where are you seeing some bright spots? Yeah, so, so that's a, a great question. I think, you know, everyone, especially on the advisory side, clients too, we're just really excited to get to 23, um, just have a calendar turn, 
have just a new outlook and something as simple as kind of just looking at those year-to-date numbers and seeing those flip. And I think the markets, at least so far, uh, you know, knock on wood, certainly whenever I say anything positive, uh, you know, when, when this podcast airs, so hopefully these will still be the case. But, you know, we've started out this year uh, to a much better start. So, you know, from an opportunity perspective, I think it's going to be a much different year than last year. So from a simple perspective, you know, bonds last year provided very little value at the beginning of the year. Everyone knows kind of how difficult the year it was across the spectrum in bonds, but that's something we're really focused on in 2023. So I've been at Dakota since 2018. You know, over that span, you know, most of the time it, it was just equities first. You know, bonds were kind of in the background, not a lot of opportunities there. This is for the first time, I think, in many years on, on financial advisory side, there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of money to be made in bonds. And just something as simple as being able to earn, you know, four or so percent uh, in short term, you know, uh, short term bonds is a real game changer for advisors. So what that means, someone in my case and on the investment side is we, if we know the conservative part of the portfolio is able to give us that four or 5% and it's much safer than it's been, whereas last year that actually lost money, it allows you to be a little bit more aggressive on the equity side. So one thing we're looking at is, you know, kind of some of the sectors that carried us in 2022, like consumer staples, um, some of the defensive stuff, we're looking towards transitioning towards some of the stuff that did not work in 2022, kind of a tale of of two years, hopefully, as we kind of get out of this quote unquote crisis environment and move forward, you know, looking at technology again, certainly real estate's a sector that we're looking at a lot now, some of the more growthier areas of the market, you know, small caps are, are something we added to at the end of 2022 that we like coming out of this environment, because at some point, you know, while they provided a lot of great alpha last year, you know, the consumer staples especially aren't going to be that same winner in 2023. It just seems very unlikely, especially with where some of those multiples are. So we're kind of looked for, you know, that, that old saying, you know, where the puck is going, trying to be a little ahead on some of those trades. And, you know, I think that the biggest factor for us is just trying to do that carefully and slowly. So there's been a tendency the last six months or so where you get this, this rally, it kind of sucks everybody back in, it gets exciting. Hey, maybe this is it. And it rolls right back over. So we're trying not to be too aggressive at the wrong time and just kind of just using some of these dips to add a little bit more risk to the portfolio so that hopefully kind of towards the middle, towards the end of 2023, we have a more aggressive tilt uh, than we've had kind of in the last 12 months. I appreciate that. Now, you know, I'm curious how you're actually talking to clients about this as well. Uh, I'm sure as, you know, what you just shared with me is very consistent with you know, the way you're talking to your clients, but I have to imagine that with all of the talk about say a recession being a possibility in 2023, or maybe we're even in one right now. How are you talking about the state of the state with your clients? And what are you drawing attention to when it comes to assessing their portfolios and how they're positioned for 2023? Yeah, well, I think the recession one is the best question. So, you know, basically if we do have a recession in the next couple of quarters, it will be the most predicted recession pretty much of all time, right? Every CEO CEO says, hey, we're going to have a recession. I saw someone joking, you know, that the old cautious optimism, you know, they used to just say, okay, what, what are you thinking about markets? And everyone would say cautiously optimistic. Now that that new phrase is mild recession. So I said, what do you think? Oh, right. mild recession, but we'll be fine. We'll, we'll bounce back. So clients are hearing that too, right? So in the last you know, couple of years, especially coming out of COVID, clients are being inundated with, you know, things in the market, hey, recession, you know, the newest one is the debt ceiling as an example, which is going to you know, it'll pop up here and there in the next couple of months. People are, are certainly aware of the bad news that's out there. So I like the way you kind of framed that question at the beginning about opportunities. So we're talking to them about, especially on the market side, is usually markets react poorly to things that they're not anticipating, right? So things out of the ordinary. So certainly COVID um, is an example of that. 
the Russia-Ukraine war to some extent at the beginning of last year. It was kind of unexpected, or at least the severity of it at the beginning. So if we do have you know, this recessionary environment that people are talking about, it will be a one that companies have prepared for for months that we've been hearing about, that we've been talking about. So certainly we would expect the market to at least handle that a little bit better than other environments. So that's that's one thing. The other one is we're already positioned in a way where we're able to add into weakness. You know, so coming into the last couple of years where everything was great and everyone's, you know, kind of 100% stocks, it's a little bit harder where the market falls. You know, you don't necessarily have some of that dry powder to go in there and, and buy stocks or add to exposure. But like I, I was mentioning, we're already in a position where we have, uh, you know, some dry powder to be able to add to client portfolios if we do see weakness. And it's much more opportunistic this year. So if you do see some weakness in the markets, you know, no one will be caught, you know, kind of as flat footed as they were in the last, you know, the 2022, basically. And like I mentioned too, the other side is bonds, just being able to tell them, hey, listen, you know, the 60-40 portfolio, because I certainly do have, you know, kind of a good mix of retired clients and younger clients. Mm-hmm. On the retired client side, you know, the 60-40 portfolio had the worst year it's had since 2008. You know, people are just not used to losing money in bonds. It's really, really tough to have a balanced portfolio when the bond part of the portfolio, you know, on the benchmark, like the ag is down 15%. So that is very, very unlikely to be the case. And we've seen already this year, you know, bonds snap back a little bit and do a little bit better. But even if we're in short term stuff, which is most of our bond exposure where we have short duration, you know, if you're earning four or 5% on that 40%, you know, that 60% would have to fall a long, long way to approach the losses, you know, on the, on the kind of the average 60, 40 portfolio from 2022. So the message is kind of, hey, listen, you got through 2022, you were fine. You didn't deviate, you got the money that you needed for, you know, distributions, just kind of stay the course. And then on the younger client side, it's a much easier discussion, which is basically, hey, listen, all of these are opportunities. If the market drops, that's an opportunity, you know, just continue to add, continue to stick with our plan and, you know, kind of coming out of this, that's when I think, you know, we'll, we'll be in really good position. So, but in general, from, I would say clients are doing kind of much better than I would have expected. You know, certainly the first six months last year were pretty tough, but people, you know, the market's been in this range the last six, seven months. People are conditioned to it, I think, and you know they're they're ready and, and waiting for those opportunities um, in 2023. Yeah, I appreciate how you segmented you know the discussion into younger and you know retired clients. Obviously, there are people in between too, but I think that that's really important in just about every podcast or every CNBC or every article you see on Yahoo Finance. There's some discussion around 60/40. Is it dead? Right? It's the red meat that people just like to throw out there for conversation. But I, I'm curious when you look at the younger clients, right? In some cases, this could be the first down market that some of them have ever experienced. So are there certain questions that they're asking, uh, or more specifically, is there specific guidance that you're giving them if this is really the first potentially prolonged down market that they might be navigating through? Yeah, I think it's basically just experience, right? So you're kind of telling, hey, listen, you live through something you know, relatively, you know, historic last year in a lot of ways in terms of kind of what the market has done. You know, there's there not a lot of precedent for, you know, entering the year with interest rates, you know, at zero and ending the year, you know, at four and a half. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was quite an extreme year in a lot of ways in the market. So, hey, listen, you got through it. It also just on, on those, in those clients, I think, you know, they're conditioned to some extent to where, you know, especially some of the tech names, they've really only seen them do well. They've only seen them go up, right? So you have a year where, you know, some of these big tech names are down 30, 40, 50, 60% in some cases, you know, that's kind of a, a tough adjustment. So I think part of the beginning of the year, the transition was, hey, you know, not every, you know, five or 10% drop in these names is an obvious buying opportunity. At some point it will be, but kind of just, you know, preaching patience a little bit. 
you know, one thing that I've had a lot of success with, with younger clients um, and, and people kind of in their accumulation phase is just to kind of give us money monthly. And that's been a really successful way to kind of handle those questions. Because basically the 401k model where you're, you're adding money every month is very, very successful. It works for a reason. You're dollar cost averaging. You're not really, you know, kind of trying to make a, a, an obvious or, you know, hey, this is it. This is the low. We're going to add all of, our, all of our money here. That's very, very difficult to do. It's much better to kind of smooth it out over time. So I kind of encourage those clients to, hey, you have a, a chunk of money. Why don't you give me, you know, a little bit now, but then we'll spread it out over time, you know, either monthly or biweekly. And that ends up working really well. It, it kind of eases their money in. They're not, you know, as focused on when that specific purchase is. And, you know, kind of once we get out of it, the next big up year, it, it will have paid off. But certainly that's been a big adjustment. The other one on, on those client side is just the dollar amounts. So a lot mm -hmm. of my clients made a ton of money in, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. You know, the balances are pretty big. And then they see a dollar amount in terms of 2022 that the accounts are down. You know, on the advisory side, we, we talk in percent and say, oh, yeah, this, you're up this percent, down this percent. But on the client side, it's all about actual dollars. So kind of just getting them, hey, listen, you know, that was a lot of money, you know, last year, given the market. But look at how much money we made in the years before. You know, kind of put it in context, kind of spread those over. You know, three, four years ago, you, you told me I was going to make this much. Oh, everyone would be thrilled, right? So it's just kind of this, this adjustment from... You're actually doing pretty well now, so you know the stakes are a little higher than they're where they were when we started this relationship, basically. So uh, that that's been you know some of those conversations. Yeah, it's a good way to level set, and I appreciate the guidance. It's not something that we talk about enough on this podcast, and being as it is the Inside ETFs podcast, of course, we'd love to understand a little bit more about uh, your specific ETF usage and what role it's playing in your clients' portfolios, because it's been you know, as incredible as 2022 was. I saw something the other day that it was the second best year on record for flows into ETFs, um, which is not surprising, right? For a number of reasons, um, but all the different you know, asset classes, uh, all the different areas where you highlighted opportunity earlier. I mean, there are ETFs available, and just makes access that much easier in most cases. So, you know, Brett, I'd ask you, what role you know, does ETF usage play across Dakota for your clients? Yeah, so our ETF usage, just like, you know, that stat that you mentioned is, is only going up, you know, certainly uh, we've transitioned um, some mutual fund exposure, you know, some, some advisors joined the firm with kind of their own um, set investment strategy already. So over time, they're, you know, joining the Dakota kind of house strategies, and we're building out a lot of great platforms there uh, that, that clients and advisors can access once they join Dakota, but certainly more and more ETF usage is, is a general trend that I would say, you know, especially when you have a lot of smaller accounts, those are primarily all ETFs. Mm -hmm. uh, we spend, I'd say, more attention than most on those kind of smaller accounts. When you, when you break it down and you say, you know, all the attention is, okay, this account is, you know, $5 million or $10 million, but generally all those clients have, you know, five or six accounts or a kid's account or a grandchild's account or, you know, an old Roth IRA, like we, we spend a lot of time on those accounts and those are pretty much all ETF based. We use a, a lot of thematic ETFs. So to your point, there's just a lot of different opportunities now in ETFs. You know, Minval was certainly an ETF that we've used a lot strategies in, in that space, uh, you know, kind of a way to, to still get some equity exposure, but not have quite the same beta, which worked very well last year. Like I mentioned, we're kind of adding to small caps. Uh, we consider international ETFs on time to time, kind of depending on on our outlook. So that's an area that I think we kind of tended towards using ETFs. And then the other big thing from last year is, you know, it's unlike, or very similar, I'm sure to other advisors, you know, tax loss harvesting was, was a big factor yep. in, in the fourth quarter, right? So a lot of conversations with clients, hey, listen, you love your, you know, your four tech stocks, or, you know, you love these growth companies, 
But let's take the loss. Uh, this is the time to do it. We'll buy an ETF that has similar exposure. So they're very efficient in terms of that. You know, ETF swaps, buy one ETF, sell another for that same tax reason. So I think a lot of that was happening. And there's just a lot of great ways to, to use ETFs for that. We've also used it on the bond side too. So, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, certainly flows. We're not the only ones doing that, but there's a lot of great opportunities to use bond ETFs to get, you know, exposures to short-term munis or short-term treasuries. You know, it's pretty cumbersome to actually buy some of the physical bonds and worry about kind of rolling them. And you have clients coming in at different times. Managing that process is pretty difficult. But, you know, we found ETFs are a great way to do that. Paying, you know, monthly interest, they can reset pretty quickly. You know, some of the short term, like one to three month treasury stuff that we've had a lot of success doing where they're basically rolling the treasuries for you. Right. We don't have to go in there and buy it one month and manage it and then buy it two month and then, you know, change it, you know, depending on when the client needs money, it has daily liquidity. It's really effective and clients have kind of enjoyed that process because it's, it's pretty easy to kind of understand, you know, why we're using that. Yeah, of course. And I should ask just as a final question too, um, you know, being that Dakota has been as acquisitive as you have been um, and you're bringing all of these different firms together, uh, not just in 2022, um, but, you know, obviously in the several years leading up to it, you know, what role does ETF play in sort of bridging the gaps, right? Between the various different types of you know, client portfolios that you've been acquiring over the last several years? Yeah, so I, I think it, it plays a, a big role, especially because when we're trying to transition portfolios, and, and I'm not necessarily the one, you know, kind of on the ground doing that, but certainly kind of a, have an idea of kind of how, how we're handling those. You know, a lot of cases, we're trying to consolidate accounts, or we're trying to, you know, kind of shift one strategy into another. And ETFs are just a great way to kind of gain a broad base of exposure you know you're not going to miss the, the entire move in the market where before, let's say we, we have an all single stock portfolio, we're trying to transition it or, you know, we've gotten accounts where they have, you know, four or 500 holdings from, you know, a whole bunch of different advisors and we're mm -hmm. trying to, you know, kind of whittle that down. You know, ETFs provide a great way to kind of handle that transition process. Um, the other thing I think, you know, ETFs, a lot of people learned last year, you know, somewhat the hard way, you know, just earnings were you know, went from being kind of a fun experience for, for four or five years there to last year where these earnings bombs would kind of go off. And you'd say, you know, we run a lot of concentrated stock portfolios, but you have an earnings and a name and the stock's down 20% on, you know, kind of inline numbers that was happening all throughout 2022. You know, ETFs are, are a way to some extent to kind of reduce tracking error there too. So we, we do have, I would say, more ETF usage on, on some of those larger portfolios just in that vein, because it was harder to kind of have confidence on company by company specific earnings. And I think you're seeing that a little bit already in 2023. Real estate was, was an example where, hey, listen, we like the sector. We think there's opportunities there. You know, maybe an ETF makes more sense. They're kind of trying to pick this one specific stock uh, on a large basis. It also just allows from an execution standpoint too, where we're getting actually pretty big in some specific securities. It allows us from a liquidity standpoint where we're not really moving stocks around or we're not you know, worried about an execution front. ETFs are in a lot of cases, just a little bit easier to kind of get the exposure we're looking for there. Appreciate it, Brett. You, you covered a lot of ground here. I appreciate it. You gave us an outlook. You gave us your, your inside look at how you're using ETFs to bridge the gap with all these different you know, transactions that you've been executing. Um, so I appreciate you spending as much time on the Inside ETFs podcast as you have here today. Great conversation, Brett, and thank you for stopping by. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, when this airs and hopefully the rest of 2023, we'll, we'll look back and this will be a much more positive year uh, that, than we saw in 2022. Yeah, 2022, really, when you look back at the end of the year, was even more remarkable <laughs> in hindsight than it felt like in the moment. Um, so, Brett, thank you for sharing your thoughts and your perspective. And thank you to the audience for stopping by. And just a reminder, mark your calendars. The Inside ETFs conference is May 21st through May 24th. 
at the Diplomat Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. We'll be discussing a lot of the things, not just the outlooks, but uh, a lot of the different ETF strategies that we touched on here with Brett this afternoon. We'll be peppered throughout the agenda, so we look forward to seeing everybody there. But for now, on behalf of the entire wealth management team at Informa, I'm Mark Bruno. Thanks for stopping by the Inside ETFs podcast. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how.